Champions Cup finishes in a high in this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Yes, a slightly disappointing campaign overall for Wales, but at least it finished well, with a good win over Italy and some impressive rugby being played at times. We'll hear much more about that and find out what life was like in the Wales bio-bubble as well as what it's like returning to the regions. Our Dragon's Wing Ashton Hewitt talks about ongoing racism in sport. We'll start with something a little different, and a first, in fact. The former Ireland international Sophie Spence, who's now based in Wales, and a WIU player-to-coach programme candidate, will join the Wales women's management team as their selected Rugby World Cup 2021 coach intern. Liz Jones spoke to her to find out more. Congratulations, the uh, World Rugby Coach and Intern for Welsh Rugby Union ahead of next year's uh, Rugby World Cup. How excited are you at the appointment? Yeah, thank you very much. Absolutely delighted to be appointed and uh, to be involved in this year's, in the run-up to the World Cup. Extremely excited to um, be involved and can't wait to be involved in new management, which seems really inspirational as well. As an international, Irish international, and you've done coaching before and you've moved to Wales and you're coaching with Penn Clouth and involved with the WIU Elite Player to Coach programme as well. How's that been going? Really good, yeah. I started with Pencloud last year and obviously we've been kind of ground to a halt with COVID but um, like the first part of the season was going really well. I could see them developing and it's just nice to be back out on the pitch and I wanted to challenge myself in a different way going across the men's game which fitted in perfectly and I mean in terms of doing my uh, level three it's really good to be involved in that now so it'll help with my development not just on the pitch but off the pitch as well. Being back in the international environment... Yeah, really exciting. Come way earlier than I thought it would, but I'm ready to go full steam ahead and anything that's asked for me, going to give 100%, challenge myself. I'm here to learn, I'm here to do and get the most out of this position. How do you see that role developing? Obviously it's early stages today, but you know, looking forward to working with Warren and, and Tails and, and the players going forward. Yeah, I'm really glad actually that I'm coming in at the start with new management. I think it's a really good time to come in and see what um, is lined up for the girls. And I suppose because I'm here from the start, I can have a look at what role will suit me within the team of management as well. And do you know anything that's asked of me, uh, see how the role pans out. And you've chatted with Warren, you know Rachel Taylor as well from a past life. Uh, how much are you looking forward to getting back together with those? Warren to me having conversations seems really inspirational I think the girls are extremely lucky as well and to work with Tails apart from being oppositions on the pitch now to actually side by side team members I think it's really exciting we've both had different experiences as players and I think it's really good to see that transition of player to coach now as well at the high performance level. And you've obviously had some coaching experiences in the past and now with Penn Cloud, what do you think you can bring to this role and how far do you think it can take you in your coaching development? For me, 100% hard work, commitment. Do you know, I want to inspire players to be the best that they can be. So in terms of delivering feedback, however I can help within sessions, I'll do. But it's also a big learning curve for me to learn from coaches, learn through my coaching course as well. But it's something I want to give 110% to benefit not just myself, but players as well and coaching staff. And in terms of the programme, you're going to probably learn from each other as interns and it's great for you know, women in sport in general as a World Rugby initiative. 
Yeah, we had our first webinar last night, which was pretty exciting. And I came off the call buzzing at nine o'clock at night, probably the wrong time. But yeah, really exciting. And, you know, there's going to be 12 interns. And I think it's, like you said, it's huge for women's sport, not just rugby. And the initiative that World Rugby actually has to do this now, I think it's absolutely fantastic because it's not just about the 12 who are selected now. It's about paving a way forward for more females to be involved, not just in elite sport, but have those opportunities, whether it's a player, whether it's it's a coach, whether it's a, an official, and I think this is now breaking down barriers moving forward. You've obviously moved to Wales, settled in. How's that been going with Penclough and your business, etc.? Yeah, a bit crazy. I've been here two years now, I think it is, and it's been all go, really, I suppose, opening up business and then getting back into coaching. Times have been tough at times, but uh, for me, I wanted to start a business in terms of having that community feel because that's what I loved about rugby. And now to be back in rugby and appreciate the community that I'm back involved in. But it's been fantastic. A really good, busy two years. I've got a coffee shop attached to Go and Golf Range. I've been trading now two years today, actually. So it's our birthday today, but it was something that I wanted a bit of a hub. I, lo- I love food, I love coffee. That's what we did between training. And I wanted a place where people can sit, socialise and feel comfortable to just come and, you know, be free and chill out. So, yeah, that's what I've been doing the last two years. Hopefully there's better times ahead I think being in sport you learn to be adaptable and flexible with what you do and although this is a complete different business from sport do you know the insight that I've had from sport has allowed me to do that within business do you know you've got to adapt to situations and hopefully do you know by this time next year things will be right again great stuff all the best thanks cheers you're listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast That's an interesting story in so many ways. But now back to the Autumn Nations Cup, which finished with fifth place for Wales after a final victory over Italy. Some good rugby in there too. So what did coach Wayne Pivak make of it all after the game? It wasn't the 80-minute performance we were after, but it was heading in the right direction. We got to ask a few questions of a few players and we got some answers. So um, that's really what we wanted to get out of the game as well as a result, clearly. We're happy with the 38 points. I thought once we got our composure back and got to 15 that um, we finished the game quite strongly and from a defensive point of view from that point on we were very hungry and we turned a couple of balls over which is sort of where we want to be going forward. You owed a bit to uh, two of the old heads in the back row there? I thought uh, Toby Felatel was outstanding today. <clears throat> we shifted him from playing in the 15 metre channel into the middle of the park and we can get his hands on the ball a little bit more and use his footwork and he did that exceptionally well making line breaks and obviously setting a try up as well. So he had a strong game. And uh, Justin Tipperick back from his head knock, thought went well along with Toby. Looking back on the series, how much further do you think you've progressed? How much more do you know about your resources than when you started? We're just going through the numbers earlier. I think 11 debutants have played since the start of the Six Nations. That's a huge number. We've learned a lot about those players. They've learned a lot. Those things you can't buy. You know, you've got to get out there and plan these games and learn from them. Would you maybe have wanted to have the pecking order nailed down in more positions than you have at the moment? Well, I think behind the scenes we have it quite well nailed down. I think we're building some depth quite nicely. What we've got to do now is settle on the squad for the Six Nations and get some combinations and look to be more consistent in what we do with the selection and with the performances, which should come as a result of more settled selection. But uh, obviously, you know, we've decided to go this way once the um, 
you know, the World Cup rankings uh, went on this uh, particular competition. So in terms of the Autumn Series, we've done what we've done with the squad. Given the way that you've selected your teams, should we maybe have expected the sort of performances a little bit more? Because when you're changing combinations so regularly, it's difficult to play well consistently, isn't it? It is, and um, what we're looking at is the work they're doing behind the scenes as well at training, um, and we're running certain combinations, and you know we're learning a lot there as well. It is difficult when you're making the changes, but what we were prepared to sacrifice was probably uh, the odd performance that wasn't probably what the public would like or that we would like ultimately, and we're hoping that uh, we'd be a little bit more consistent, but I've got to take that on the chin and, and say that... Look, with the learnings that we've had, it's um, affected some of the performances. But uh, come the Six Nations, we'll be putting together what we think is a squad that uh, can go out and win the games uh, that are put in front of us. And we'll certainly be trying to do that. And we'll be going with a lot of combinations and a lot of consistent selection. How much improvement do you think you need to make to compete for the Six Nations, which will come around very quickly? And are you confident the squad has that improvement in them? Well, I think if we go um, pre-lockdown, yeah, you'd say that we're not too far off with the French game at home and the game with England. I think, obviously, we selected a different type of squad for this particular autumn series, which we sort of thrashed and discussed quite a bit. But, look, I think combining the two squads and our learnings, we'd like to think that we'll have a good crack at it, like, uh, no doubt, England and France and Ireland and uh, others will be thinking. So what have the last few weeks been like for the players? Because they've had an awful lot to deal with both on and off the pitch. There was the chance to find out more from prop Thomas Francis, starting with his reaction to the win. Important to finish with the win. 20-point win's always good. After the 14-0 lead, which we're disappointed with, I thought once Jadza came back on in that second half, we uh, showed what we're about a bit more. I think the last few games have been a massive step up as a squad and we've got to take the positives ready for Six Nations, I guess. And you had four front rowers on at the end as well, so you showed a bit of versatility when Alan Wynn went off. Yeah, we almost had five on, I think, when Chidge went down. I think Leon was coming on at flanker at one point, so, yeah, it's good to have that versatility, but I think the attacking shape at the end showed how we want to play and hopefully we can build on that. It's not long till we're back together, so it's exciting, really. Are you aware when people like uh, Tulupe Falatau and Justin Tipperick put in performances like that in terms of the way that they created the tries? Yeah, when they're on fire together, they're unplayable. They just find each other, they're into play. It was world-class day. I don't know how you guys picked a difference between the match. They both deserved it in my eyes. They just found each other and that chemistry was there. It's a joy to play with for me. We're always in the line breaks and that front foot. So, How do you assess 2020, Thomas? I mean, you've had three wins and seven defeats, but you're going into 2021 with a little bit of positivity now. Oh, it's always been tough after COVID, you know. I think as a squad, we probably weren't quite where we needed to be. We're a little bit off the pace and... I think the foundation's put in in this camp. A lot of new caps blooded. I think they've all had at least two games. The, the depth we've built, maybe the consistency in selection hasn't been there, which maybe affected performance. But I think for something to build on and the foundations, I think it, it's great and it's put us ready for the for 2021. Thomas, just wondering what was said at 18-17. What was the mood in the in the squad at that point? Discipline, really. <laughs> let's get our discipline black. Let's not go into every ruck and let's get Wayne back on side. I think 14-0, we felt very comfortable. I think we went too hard in the breakdown, got on the wrong side of the ref and let them back in. I think we piggybacked them up the pitch. We gave penalty after penalty and you can't do that. Wayne was simple. He said, get collisions, get discipline and we'll go back to the game plan. And I know they scored early in the second half and we were still a man down, but I think then we sparked back to life. And in terms of getting that win ahead of the Six Nations, how important was it? Yeah, Al said before the game... It's the last game of the camp. It's probably the toughest because it is the last one. We have to end it well and set the tone. And 
It's been a difficult campaign with not just the rugby, but off the pitch, the COVID, the stuff in camp, a lot of new new rules and new things you've got to do. And yeah, it's taken time, but we've had zero positive cases. We've looked after each other as a squad and that's the foundation, really. We care about each other. We've shown that the performances have, have improved. That's what we think. And that's all we can ask for, really, is they weren't there to start and they've improved as they've gone on and we've worked on what we want to work on. It's not ideal to not get the wins, but... It's not very often you're back together after eight weeks or seven weeks, whatever it is. So it's exciting and there's a lot of onus to do your bit when you're away and come back ready for the next one, if selected, if you're the lucky one that gets the chance. After a few weeks, with all the rules that you've had, are you quite looking forward to getting away? There'll obviously be, be rules in place at Exeter, but nice to get a bit of a break. Well, there's no break this season. I think I'm 17 games into a 45-game season with no weeks off. So it's just dig in, really. It's... Hopefully get your break when you get it. But luckily I miss, not luckily, I miss nine months with my shoulder. So I'm raring to go. Look, I, I want to play, but it is a long season and it's tough with the rules. You've got, even though shops are open back in England or stuff, you you, you can't put the rest of the team at, at risk and go out. You've, you've got to think about the team and it is tough, but hopefully it's not for much longer. The vaccine's been released and hopefully soon we'll get back to the normality for everyone because no one wants to play in empty stadiums. And if you want an example of how it won't all stop for the players, just look at the Scarlets. They've not been in action for the last couple of weeks, and this weekend they face Bath in the Heineken Champions Cup. A few of the squad in at the start of the week, and the rest coming out of self-isolation closer to the game. Wales players were in the first group, and it'll be quite a landmark for scrum half Gareth Davis making his 200th appearance for the Scarlets this weekend. So what's it all been like in Lethley this week? Yeah, we're a bit short staffed at the moment, but um, no, it's all right. Uh, you know, there's a good group of us that have come back, obviously, from uh, the Welsh camp and obviously played from Scotland. And there's still a good group of boys here that survived the close contacts and all that. So uh, we've just about got uh, enough boys to have a couple of training sessions to prepare for a big week. The boys coming back from Wales duty as well, finishing the campaign on a high yourself, getting a try against Italy. Is a bit of confidence returning? Yeah, you know, it's a completely different environment coming back here. We're all... Happy to be back here, straight into a massive European picture. So, you know, we're all excited. Uh, for yourself, fond memories of, of playing at the Rec a couple of years ago, influential in a in a memorable win. You confident that you can go there this time around and, and do something similar? Yeah, you know, when we went up there a couple of years ago, I think that's one of my um, favourite victories uh, in a Scarlet shirt. So um, it was a very special night for us. And um, we know how good Bath have been. They've really grown as a club and I think they're probably one of the best teams in the Premiership at the moment I'd say so it's going to be a big challenge for us And for yourself personally it'll be a milestone 200 appearances for Scarlet how proud a moment will that be? Yeah it's quite proud for myself Yeah, you know, I've been here since the age of 16, 17 I think I was in the academy so just turned 30 so you know, it seems uh, it's quite a long time really so um, yeah it's nice to get to the 200 mark in the Wales camp, you've had to deal with the bubble. You haven't really been allowed to leave the Vale as, as much as you would normally. Now you're going back in with the Scarlets who have got their own issues with COVID. You know, there's lots of people in different sports that are struggling with being in these environments for so long. Is it tough to deal with? No, I, I found it right, to be honest. When I'm not in the bubble, obviously we, we've all got to be as careful as we can. You know, we wouldn't be out socialising and mixing with too many people, you know, that you're not so close with family-wise or whatever. But um, it's been difficult maybe... But the fact that we haven't been able to do as much as that, but to be honest, the last you know, seven, eight weeks when we're in camp, whenever we get the chance to go home, it's just quite nice to just to relax at home anyway, to be honest, to have a bit of downtime. So uh, it's been OK, but um, and obviously, hopefully, 
it's uh, the beginning of the the end, like someone said. So hopefully um, things will start to go back to normal soon. I wonder, has the game changed over those 200 games from your point of view? Is, is the role of the scrum half any different or is it still pretty much as it was? Being a, a youngster playing scrum half, you know, I probably didn't know what the meaning of uh, defence was back then. You know, as a youngster, I just wanted to, to score tries and make line breaks, basically. But it's obviously not quite that, uh, that simple anymore because obviously defence is such a big part of the game these days. It took me a good couple of years to realise that even being a scrum after, it's still got to be like a big part of the defence structure. So yeah, that's probably the, the main thing that, I, that I'd say compared to when I first started off. Definitely yeah, a lot more structure in the games. And We'll just talk a little bit about the kicking. Just want your view really on where we are and the kind of the responsibility of you as a scrum half and then the referee to make sure that we're not standing around too long. Quicker the game, the quicker, you know, I like a nice quick game and you know, I'm not really one to try to sit on the ball for as long as I can before I got a kick it. You know, if the ball is there to be used, then um, I'd like to think that I'd be using it within that five seconds anyway, without even having the ref to call the five-second mark. There's been a lot of talk about it the last couple of months and more of that that we can cut out. It'll be a better standard of rugby and a better spectacle to watch. It would indeed. The other Welsh region in Champions Cup action are the Dragons, also facing English opposition in Wasps. Wing Ashton Hewitt's been very eloquent in standing up to racism in the last few months, writing an article on why it matters used in all the Pro 14 match programmes earlier in the season. He's also part of the Dragon squad on a bit of a high. As we all know, it's a bit unusual that we've uh, come off the back of, of another away win. So everyone's confident, everyone's buzzing. I think it's a perfect time for us to have our internationals back and the mood is just sky high at the minute, to be fair. You're looking forward to a Champions Cup experience? Yeah, definitely. The vast majority of our squad wouldn't have played at this level before. It's going to be the highest level a lot of us have played and everyone's just really looking forward to it, you know? You've spoken brilliantly on a whole wider range of issues surrounding racism recently. I've seen you've sort of been into primary schools and stuff on your Twitter. I just wondered, how are you finding that balance between being a professional rugby player and, and someone with these views? Has it sort of helped you as a person, maybe giving you an outlet away from the game as well? Unlike anything else I've ever done, it just seems so important. And unfortunately, we're getting examples of why it's so important that, that people speak out and they're comfortable in being active in this field as much as they can be. Because, you know, I've had some great feedback from people who have been open about their understanding on the issue. There's been great conversations that I've had because of all of this. And that's what's been quite rewarding for me. Yeah, it's, it's another focus, but... It's not really impacted me as a person too much or, or my rugby, to be honest. Has anyone thought of offering Millwall your um, programme piece from a few weeks ago to maybe explain to some of the people there? I'll be honest with you. I think there's a section of society that they don't care what they read. They don't care how many times they're explained to. They're going to persist with what they see kneeling or any sort of protest for racial equality. They're going to stick to their guns. You know, I've been over it time and time again with some people, especially on, on Twitter. We all know the sort of place that can be. Uh, you know, my experience at the moment is some people just don't want to know. As much as my, you know, the article, the piece that I had a few weeks ago, um, I had some great feedback on it. But I feel there's just some people, like I said, who, who just don't want to hear it anymore. And they're going to think what they want to think, unfortunately. While I'm on, I'll just ask you a rugby question. I just Once upon a time, wings, especially speed merchants, it was all about staying out wide and waiting for the ball to come. But this day and age, are wings almost judged on 
the work they do up the middle and in support through the middle as you've been doing the last few weeks rather than being out on the wing? Touches on the ball, you know, is, is something that's measured a lot and you sort of get a feel for it in the game, you know, different teams will have their shapes and, you know, what they're aiming to do week by week. And that's something that I've, I've been working on, you know, coming off my wing a bit more, trying to get involved and try and run at some slower forwards rather than some people who can catch me. So that's the aim there, really. You'll see it in modern rugby, wingers coming off their wing a lot more and, and getting more involved. So, some interesting stuff there and a little different to the norm. More of the same next week on the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Until then, goodbye.